present worship hour, songs of inspiration. There's lots of reasons for joining Anchor, like myself, for instance. I'm an entertainer who loves and enjoys music. Being a podcast host gives me the ability to give the people what they want. You too can join Anchor for that very same reason. It's free, easy as one, two, three. Your podcast will be delivered to Spotify, Apple iTunes, and more. You are tuning into Praise and Worship Hour, Songs of Inspiration, Denver's number one gospel podcast, where we play nothing but the best sweet inspirational sounds with your favorite DJ Brooklyn style. Sunday School with Sister Fiona. Sunday School is marching on. Sanctuary. I am the Lord. 
faithful for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. Psalms 84 and 2.
Like you said, it's funny. It was the uh, the son, like you like you said last time. It was the son that he actually had that affair with. Yeah, that was gonna do it.
You know what I'm saying? Right, right. In Charlotte? He can't. It's too big. I can't move in this. It's too big. Well, that's what people do. It's too big. There you go. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Now, get the, get the, 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 the metaphor. You see the metaphor? See the metaphor I'm trying to put you in something. That is not you. That is not you. You see what I'm saying? But allow God to put people where they where supposed they to be. The love where they are. We've all seen the King Short of this We all ain't been. We all ain't been. I, I, I ain't been giddy overnight. I took to some years. The Bible lesson, life needed more today. Lesson. Aim students will have faith in God's promises and never waver in clinging to them. Introduction: The wisdom and faith of Solomon. The theme for our scripture text is just one in a stream. Good morning, mother. A string of many events that display Solomon's wisdom and thought 
faithfulness as he began his reign as king of the Israelites. After 40 years of leadership as the king of Israel, Solomon's father David died at 70 years of age. However, before he died, David instructs Solomon about maintaining obedience to God and making diplomatic decisions while dealing with surrounding nations. Solomon takes his father's words to heart and is credited with having complete control of his kingdom, eliminating potential threats while making peaceful treaties with potential allies. Solomon is approached by God in a dream and given permission to ask what I shall give you. To which Solomon famously asked God for the wisdom to lead his people with a discerning heart. This request pleases God so much that he grants Solomon the wisdom he requested and the riches, long life, and wealth that he did not ask for. Through the, this exchange, Solomon confirms he can be trusted and is given the wisdom, <coughs> resources, and clearance to begin the building of the temple. Good morning, First Lady. First Lady, the staff and to be sure the building of the temple proves to be a massive undertaking fueled by the labor of 30,000 Israelites, 70,000 carriers, and 80,000 stone cutters in the hills, as well as 3,300 foremen who supervise the project, and seven years to complete the work. After beginning construction on his own palace and completing and furnishing the temple, Solomon brought in the things which David had decorated. The, yeah, dedicated. He summoned all of the leadership in Israel to bring the Lord's Ark of the Covenant to the Lord's temple in Jerusalem. All of the Israel, all of Israel came to see the ark brought into the temple. When the priest withdrew from the holy place, the glory of the Lord filled the temple in a thick, dark cloud. This was a sign to Solomon that God will dwell in the temple for generations. Okay, the wisdom and faith of Solomon. Ain't that something God came to him in the dream and asked him, what do you want? So he could have asked for anything in the world. But what did he ask for? He said, I need wisdom to, there you go, with a discerning heart. I want to make sure that I rule like I'm supposed to with your people. And look what God did, because God loved how he asked for that. What did God do? He gave him what he didn't ask for. <laughs> Because he asked for wisdom, but since that's what he wanted, God ended up giving him and said, God turned around and said, because he asked, so he said, this request pleased God so much that he grants Solomon the wisdom he requested and the riches, 
long life and wealth that he did not ask for. Ain't that something? That is Be specific and like I said, God already knows what's in your heart already. He just want wants you to ask. But he did, alright. Bible learning. And students will examine Solomon's recounting of Israel history. Like you said, Mama, he was Solomon was specific. And like I said, since he asked for the wisdom, we would say God turned around and granted him other the stuff that he didn't ask for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, Sister Terry, and do uh, one of Prelude of Praise. Now the top of 204. 204, the top of a place.
Moreover, the text also implies that a proper perspective of the past is shaped through intergenerational conversation. The reader can assume that Solomon knows the intimate details of David's conversations with God about the temple because David made a point to share this history with his son, and his son remembered it. We too would do well to see the milestones we achieve in our own lives as a continuance of God's ongoing work through our personal family and human history. The plan to build a house for God's name was not originally conceived by, of by Solomon but by his father, by David's father. David had proposed to build a house for the Lord, and yet God prevented him from doing so because of many wars and the shedding of blood in the war. Here Solomon reviews that episode. David's heart had been warm with a passion to build a temple, and God had responded to David by commending the motivation <coughs> It is important to note that the house is for the name of the Lord God of Israel. The recurring phrase echoes God's words to David through Nathan. David wanted to build a house for the ark of God. God said in response, Shalt thou house, shalt thou build me a house for me to dwell in? He states that David's son would build a house for his name. In some, the Lord interprets shelter for the ark as a house for himself and later declares this will be for his name. Solomon said the same thing throughout this passage. The temple of Solomon, according to this chapter, was a house for the ark for the Lord and for the Lord's name. We must understand that what God's name is, he is. In other words, God's name denotes the Lord himself. Moreover, the idea of the temple as a house for the name of the Lord can be understood by comparison with the phrase. City of David, Zion was called City of David. Not simply because David lived there, but because his conquest of the city made it his possession. In the same manner, the temple in Jerusalem is known by God's name, not because it contains him, since he cannot be contained, but he dwells there spiritually, and it is his possession. What is the motivation behind what we do? What are our intentions? These questions come to fold as we look at God's response to David's desire to build a house for God's name. There are two important lessons. First, God knows our intentions. He saw into David's heart and knew David's reason for wanting to build a house. It was not to magnify himself, but to be a place for the name of the Lord. Second, since sincere good intentions can be graciously approved and accepted by God. Though we may be prevented from executing our plans for them at a specific time, 
God may have other plans. God accepted David's goodwill, yet would not permit him to do their good work, reserving the honor of it for his son. He shall build the house unto my name. What Solomon did was not for his own glory, but the work itself was according to his father's design, and his doing it was according to God's designation. for all to see. 
God promised that Solomon would succeed his father David and that he was appointed to build the temple for the name of the Lord. Solomon passes to remind the people that what God said is what they now see. Solomon's wisdom is on display as he points to the space that has been prepared for the Ark of the Covenant. The sign of God's presence that would always dwell at the center of the promised temple. Solomon's initial in, intentionally in his position, positioning of the Ark of the Covenant is instructed. It is a reminder that the proper response to a promise-keeping God is to always make room and preparation to ensure that God is properly honored and at the center of what we do. The blessings begins and ends with the statement that God brought his people Israel out of Egypt. This suggests that the fulfillment of the God's promise to David through Solomon is not an end in itself. It serves the larger purpose of providing a permanent resting place for Moses' prophet word as he rejoiced with the Israelites when they walked through the Red Sea are now fulfilled. Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, in a place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in thy sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. Exodus 15, 17. Solomon uses a repeated wordplay to emphasize the Lord's actions in making him king of Israel. The word translated had performed and am raised up are the same Hebrew word, kom, but used differently. The root meaning of the verb is to stand. But, first, but when first used in verse 20, the grammatical nos, what? Grammatical nuance is to cause to stand. Solomon acknowledges that because God has promised to his thing, promised to stand, he now can stand in the place of David. He also repeatedly uses the Hebrew word debar, which is a noun word and as a verb means to speak. Solomon uses the root three times in verse 20. And the Lord had performed his word, Debar, that he spake, Debar, as the Lord promised, Debar. This repetition emphasizes the power and surety of God's word. Solomon betrays himself as the heir in the fulfillment of the David promise and as the link to Exodus traditions represented by the Ark of the Covenant and the Tent of Meeting and the Temple in Jerusalem. Two things had been fulfilled, and they must be understood together. First, a son of David had indeed ascended to the throne of Israel, as promised. Second, this son built the temple for the name of Israel's God as a fulfillment of God's promise to the man, Solomon whom God chose to rule Israel. Solomon's speech effectively ties the ark produced by three slaves of the Exodus period to the temple he built in Jerusalem. This had the effect of emphasizing the unity 
of the tribes and the traditions of all Israel. Have anything to say? Another question. Solomon's reign. Was that after Absalom's death or before? Absalom, uh, David's son, his, his other son. Was that after? Did Solomon come before Absalom? He came he after, reign? right? So I didn't understand why they sit right here that day and said he didn't talk to y'all. 
her mama was praying or her grandma, whoever was praying back then, she might have tasted some of the, you know, the promises from when grandma, great grandma. Yeah. But there's still some more that promises that haven't been fulfilled. So you got so someone else, like I say they reap it and keep going. But somebody has to reap it. Light on the work party, that one. Bible application. And students will recognize that their personal victories are all part of God's continuing plan. Following the, the election of President Barack Obama in 2008, many media outlets and political prudence pushed the idea that America had finally become a post-racial society where the race of a human being bore no weight on the height one could achieve or the way one was treated in this country. It did not take long for many to realize that society was not nearly as post-racial as some had hoped. But seeing a man of color in the White House was a symbol of some progress being made by people of color in the political arena, arena and beyond. Solomon's story in 1 Kings 8 reminds us that we cannot take full credit for the advances and milestones we experience. Our personal and cultural victories must never be seen as events disconnected from our history but as the continuation of the progress work of a promise-keeping and praiseworthy God. Amen. Students' response. And students will take the time to appreciate those who have helped them in their journey. It says, make a list of some of your proudest moments and greatest achievements. For each moment and achievement listed, Identify the people who contribute most to the completion of the work who inspired you or who provided a blueprint to achieve the task. Spend some time writing thank you notes or emails to three or five of those people and express to them how their work, dreams, and inspirations were continued and completed in your own work and accomplishments. I got two of them, but I, I can just pray. <laughs> that were inspirations and helped me on my journey. They're not alive anymore, but they did help and inspired. That was yes. I have two. I have my uh, grandfather and my grandmother. They were two big influences. I tell Mama thank you all the time because you know she's nothing. You encouraged me. Thank you very much, Sister Terry. Because when you said did your testimony, I would like to say I would have never known you were on this and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have never known that was. Oh, okay. That, that's one thing I, I've noticed. Cause I, I keep a lot of things quiet. I don't. I don't discuss a lot of things. But I discuss my homelessness. I've discussed. To 
Terry for the prayer and jump start. Praise and worship Alex, songs of inspiration.
They keep saying that they're gonna eventually they'll be good. <laughs>
Okay.
Ain't that the truth? The mark that they that our grandparents left, a black man with a building on the corner of Washington Street in Colorado, and he got it. People were saying, oh, you're just you're not supposed to have it. To this day, I don't think it's supposed to have it. But the shoes are there, his legacy, he's got the mark. What kind of mark are we going to leave for the next generation? But each generation is supposed to be.
Grand Memorial. So she was cooking out for Grand Memorial and that was $10. $10. $10. And that 72nd amount. So those who want to come can go. 72nd amount. So yeah. Carver City for those who want to go. This Saturday at 12. Yeah. And also, in the 20th, is our sister of Divine Love Missionary Circle. Having a revival. Those that want to go, it's like the seventh. That's 2900 Josephine. Correct. Those that want to go, And also,
Yes, he does.
Let's wait. Amen. Amen. That's right. I can't wait. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Keep on praising. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. He's great. Yes, he is. on the right hand. There you go.
subscribe.